What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest. She is an actress, producer, businesswoman, and activist on Skid Row. Please help me welcome the one and only Maya Stoyan. It's time to sweat it out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today, we have a tremendous guest all the way from Los Angeles. She's an actress, producer, and businesswoman. Please help me welcome Maya Stoyan. How's it going? <laughs> it's going well. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm very excited. How's it going in the West Coast? It's going good. I'm actually closer to San Diego than I am to Los Angeles. Okay, um, nice. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty gloomy today. But you know what? We we need it. We need a little bit of um, <laughs> not just sun, sunshine all the time. Otherwise, we take it for granted. So. I, I know the sun can, can beam pretty hard out there. I was out there not too long ago and it was it was hot. It was really it hot. Is. Not something it coming is. from a Miami boy like you. I know. Well, Miami, the problem with Miami is the humidity. Yeah. That's the problem with Miami. Can never escape that. Yeah. Cut it with a knife in the summertime. True <laughs> exactly. that. Where, where are you guys? Actually? In Miami. Miami. We're in Miami. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been before? I have. I have in my, in more of my partying days. Oh. Everyone, everyone kind of, everyone kind of admits that they've been down here with like some trepidation. They're like, oh, I have like, yeah. <laughs> yes. um, good times, good times. Definitely yeah, good always. Times, right? always. And I'm sure there's a lot more to Miami than just partying. Well, the be- <laughs> well that's you live yeah. on the beach. Yeah. True. I don't live yeah. on the beach. Yeah. True. <laughs> so I'll tell you some yeah. hidden gems if you ever come down again. Love it. Yeah, no, and I, I, I've done a few art galleries down there that are pretty cool. Like come down for art. Basel before? Sorry? You came down for Art Basel or? Um, I, I, no, not for Art Basel, but just, just like toured around awesome galleries. Yeah. Okay. But I, I've obviously heard of. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, if you're trying to avoid parting, don't come for, don't come for Art Basel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Less about the art nowadays, a lot that's, more about the party. That's very, very, very true. So I want to ask you, how are things going for you over there? How are things going for you in your industry? How's that been um, of a change, um, especially during these times? You know, it's interesting, and I'm almost scared to to say to say this, but this has been a really good year for me, and and it's tricky because I, I do know that it it's not the same for a lot of people that are in my industry, but I've never had as many movies come out as this year. And I, I've been working pretty consistently. I just um, wrapped a movie in Vegas. Um, so I got back last night, late last night. Uh, so it, it's been busy for me, but I, you know, it, it's just a weird thing having everyone on set wearing masks and, you know, getting tested. Actors are getting tested every three days on oh, set. Wow. So um, yeah, my nose is a little, um, <laughs> <laughs> a little stuffy, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's been good. It's been really good, and I'm I'm very thankful. Um, but you know, at the same time, I I can honestly say I, I work extremely hard at what I do, and and I you know, it's not just handed over to me. It, it's something that I that I pride myself in. Just I, I work really hard, and so 
That's yeah. amazing. No, like yeah. I always say, you get, you got to go out there and earn your stuff. And I'll yeah. and I'll tell you one thing. You know, off the bat, you know, we both can agree on this. That, you know, same way like you. You know, we've had probably the best. You know that we've done with our businesses and starting stuff during this time of COVID. And this isn't obviously really? taken. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like yeah, we said it a few times on the podcast. Growth. Um, and we know some other people as well, you know, and this is not taken away from the people who have gone through hardships and have, you know, dealt with many issues. Sure. I, I totally get it. But um, it's like we mentioned a lot, you know, if you're somebody who who goes out there and works hard and earns their stuff and, you know, you have something you really want to work on and it's going to really test your character and see if you're all about it, you know, all about buckling down and really just making it happen during a tough time. And it's going to show, Absolutely. it's going to show the the people who are going to separate themselves, uh, you know, later on, I think in the next two to five years, you're going to see a lot of people that who separated themselves who are going to be wreaking the benefits because they took this, uh, this challenge and they really buckled down to build something. hundred percent. And I think so much of it is also staying positive and not just, you know, melting down to, our surroundings, but really focusing on, you know, what can I change? What can mm-hmm. I do in my own personal life? Cause we get so stuck in the broader picture right. mm-hmm. of what's going on, but you know, it's really what's in front of you that you can make a difference with. And, 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 you know, if you want to help make that change, just be of service with what is in front of you, you know? Right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think a, t- a ton of people get overwhelmed, right. When they, you know, Think of it from such a grandiose perspective and instead of thinking about, and we talk about it as coaches with our clients all the time. It's like, you know, you got to focus on the small habits that, you know, you practice daily because those are the, the things that really, you know, build up and snowball over time if you don't, you know, if you aren't taking the right approach to them. So I'm 100%. really glad that you brought that up, you know, because in in today's age, it's, it's so easy to kind of deflect the blame from yourself for the shortcomings that you're experiencing right now, right? Instead of like looking in the mirror and saying, okay, well, you know, maybe not everything that's happened to me was in my control, but a lot of it probably, a lot of the things that led to the discomfort or the challenges that we're facing, a lot of that stuff probably was in your control, right? So did, did you, yeah. are you examining that or, or are you, you know, just putting up this blanket statement of like, well, it's out of my, like, I have no power over this. No, I, I think this time, this year specifically has been a great year for me to really go deep and look, take a good look at myself and what I, what I can improve about myself. And, and I, I suffer from a lot of anxiety. I have severe OCD. And so just, there's been a lot of triggers in my life that have brought those things that, you know, heightened those emotions Mm -hmm. and those feelings and just being able to, for me, it's meditation. I I made it meditate a lot because I just think that it starts with mental health and I, I've just been able to sort of learn how to self-soothe versus, as you said, like putting the blame on other people on outside circumstances and, and just being able to kind of reflect back on, on how I can just make those small changes, those make those small habits that can, you you know, really turn things around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think taking time for yourself and doing things like meditation, right. And, and there's a multitude of, of avenues that you can take down that. I like to meditate myself as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, even just taking that five to 10 minutes where like you can, you know, be in solitude and, and not really not really pay attention to all the chaotic things that that go on throughout everyone's days, I think really is a huge benefit for a lot of people, right? Whether it be like a gratitude journal or meditation or, or, you know, even like going for a 10 minute walk, like, you know, a lot of the 
most calming experiences that I've had recently have come from, from things like that, right? Where I was able to kind of bring myself back to like a, a normal state where I could think clearly and then make decisions right. based off of that. So Maya, since we're on this topic now, I would love to ask you, what are some of the tools and what are some of the, the things you do, especially you're, you know, being a busy businesswoman, producer, actress, you know, alone, especially during these times you're saying masks and all these regulations, th that industry is already hard without all that stuff. So I'm, I can imagine everything's doubling, tripling in, in as far as the stress levels and, and work with the regulations on. So what are some of the things you do to just, you know, you know, keep yourself calm, you know, stay yourself, keep yourself in the, in the right lane and, and not get overwhelmed. You know, for me over the last now eight years and a bit, I practice gratitude every single day. And so first thing in the morning, I wake up and I write 10 things that I'm grateful for and why. And it's, it's been incredible just how much it's shifted my brain, you know, and even in, in challenging situations, I, I go straight to feeling the emotion first and foremost, because I'm not a robot, you know, I mean, of course I still cry. I still get angry. I still feel all the feels, but it's just being able to transition quicker into positive thinking and going to a place of appreciation versus going to a place of feeling sorry for yourself, for instance. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, that's been huge. And I also, uh, Yesterday, I finished my 63rd round of 28 days of practicing gratitude. So it's, wow, it's different. <laughs> yeah. And this, this also stems from my OCD. I, you know, I, I turned my sort of a disease or what you could call as a disease into my greatest gift and um, sort of my superpower of just instead of doing things that are unnecessary, like, you know, checking something 33 times or whatever I've, I've turned it into, um, just being so dedicated to my gratitude practice basically. And so, um, it stemmed all from the book, the magic by Rhonda Byron. And it's a 28 day practice uh, of gratitude towards your health, towards your relationships, um, career success. And, and just when I began this practice, I was going through a great depression, um, you know, a breakup and, and, you know, had very little money in my bank account, no credits in terms of acting. So, you know, started from, from a low point and just in just even a year of practicing gratitude, my whole life changed and That's turned around for the better. So truly, truly amazing. And there's one thing in there that really stuck out to me that I think a lot of listeners today are going to be able to use and benefit from. And I would love for you to dive a little deeper and elaborate on that. But you mentioned you were able to turn one of your biggest problems into a superpower. <laughs> and I think a lot of times people will look at their problems and it's like, they, they, they're more about like, I got to crush this completely. So it's never present in my life. When in reality, those issues will always be present. They stem from, you know, from probably bad experience. When you're a child, they're just embedded in you through your genes. And those things are not going to completely go away, but there's ways to manage them and there's ways to use them in better ways. So I would love to see, you know, how did you discover that? And how is it that other people can learn how to use their problems and turn them into superpowers? Very good question. I, so I've had OCD basically since I can remember. It would take me up to two hours to go to bed 
you know, as young as six or seven years old. And, and I didn't know what it was. And OCD wasn't really a well-known thing back in the day. So, you know, I, I had been in therapy my whole life and, and it, OCD is something that's never really cured. It's something in your brain that just, you know, um, I would just consider it just, you know, a handicap of sorts, mm. but, you know, I didn't even know that I had transformed this OCD into a superpower until well into the practice. And then I realized like, wow, I've done now, you know, 30 rounds of it or whatever. And I think this is, this is because I'm OCD because I'm pretty sure no one has done 63 rounds of this practice, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, and, and I've never missed a day. I've never skipped a day. And so just knowing that alone, I'm like, oh, wait, okay. There, there is something different about me. There is something different. And, and this dedication is, is not towards anything else. It's, I picked gratitude and, and it is, there's a reason why this book is called the magic. It's because it, it is magic. I mean, when you turn everything into gratitude, you turn everything into gold, you know? I mean, it's, it's just uh, the, the law of the universe. It's just like attracts like you are your thoughts. And if your thoughts are that grateful and that positive, then you're bound to attract and manifest things that are incredible into your life. It's like I tell people all the time, uh, magic isn't just magic and it doesn't just happen. Um, if you take action, magic is created. Yes. And, and it's hard work, you know, to be mm -hmm. grateful. I always say that it's not like I wake up and I'm like, yay, my gratitude practice. <laughs> it's sometimes you're so busy, uh, you know, and I am, I'm extremely busy. So to, to bring half an hour to an hour into my day for specifically this gratitude practice, there are days where I don't feel like it and I'm feeling lazy and I don't want to, but I, I, as soon as I force myself, as soon as I do it, it's kind of like a workout. I, I assume you work out obviously a lot. You guys are Try to. super fit and, <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure there are days where you're like, okay, Oh yeah. Do I pretty much every day. Yourself. Ask any trainer. Yeah. yeah pretty much yeah. every day this morning. Yeah. Exactly. But I also feel, don't you feel that sometimes pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone is what brings out the best in you, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I, that, that's how I feel about my gratitude practice. There are days where I'm, I'm feeling so low and something tragic happened in my life. And gratitude is the last place I'd go, you know, mm -hmm. or, or you, you feeling injured or you don't want to, you don't want to go to the gym because whatever you're, you're feeling weak and, and then you go and you just know that you're going to feel better afterwards. Yeah. Well, and I, I think a big thing too, right. Is like the difference between a goal and an expectation, you know, because if you, mm. if you can set yourself up for success, I mean, you, you've talked a decent amount already about like the shift in, in the conversations that you were having in your own head, right? Where, where, and this is where I think a, a ton of people lose sight of, of what they're actually after, whatever it may be, right? Is, is they stop having this like, oh, okay, well your goal maybe with your OCD was like, okay, I just got to get this under control. Right. And I have to try to figure out how to make the best of this. What you didn't do was say, okay, well, in four months, I'm going to have complete control over this and I'm never going to be able, I'm never going to have a bad day. And, you know, it's going to, my life is just going to be roses and, and, and rainbows Impossible. from, from this, that day forward, you know, and that's an expectation. So yeah, a lot of people set themselves. unrealistic too. Right. Sorry, and a, not to... No, it's okay. And a lot of people, and that, and that's part of the problem, right? Is that 
the and I have nothing wrong with lofty goals, right? I tell my clients set risky goals because then you have something to go after. That's me all the time. But don't yeah. <laughs> trust me. I know about that. <laughs> but but you know dreams. don't don't set the expectation that okay by this day I need to be doing X Y and Z because you don't know what's going to happen in your life, right? And and you, we have to be malleable, right? So set goals, but understand that with those goals. You don't necessarily need to be so hard on yourself with expectation that, you know, okay, I'm going to accomplish this or I'm a failure. No, I think it's, it's literally a daily thing. Like today I choose to do this. I I can't personally look too far into the future because that's where my anxiety stems from. Looking into the past, looking into the future is never good for me. And and I've learned that and it's still hard to do. I mean, of course, we all want to look into the future. We all want to set goals and I have giant dreams. I've always had big dreams, but the more I stay present to, okay, today, today I am doing this. That's all I need to think of. And, um, and yeah, as far as OCD, I, I sort of knew I, I had no expectation that, and it's same with my acting career. I, I never had any expectation because nothing was ever really handed to me in college. I never got lead roles. I never, you know, so I, I you know, you see all those, those kids maybe that went to school with me that always had the, the leading lady role or the, the leading man. And so they, they came out of college thinking like, Oh, well, of course. And <laughs> whereas I was like, Oh, it's going to be tough for yep, me. Yep. You know, it's, it's going to yep. be hard. And you're preaching and the I'll choir. Just, oh yeah. Right. And so, you know, and it's the same thing, I think with my OCD, I never expected that it would help and that it would cure anything. And I still, I still have my own OCD outside of my gratitude practice, but, but, you know, it's, it's so much more manageable and I would rather have something to do that has a purpose versus things that are unnecessary and that won't serve anything. It's like, you know, anxiety and worry, serve zero purpose in your life. Yeah. No, I always have to tell him because he's, he's one of those people that's like, oh, okay, we can do this and this and that. And I'm like you, you know, I'm like, okay, day by day, task by task. Like this is because I, I I get really anxious as well, you know, where I'm like, Mm -hmm. I just not physically, but mentally, I'm just like, okay, I'm done for the day. Like nothing's going to be, you know, I'm to the point now where like, no matter what, if I stare at the screen for another three and a half hours, I might type five words. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So, yes. And that's also knowing yourself, right? We're right. all different. So oh, yeah. we're all going to have different ways of, of looking at things. And I've even said to people, you know, you're definitely, most people aren't like me that are going to do, you know, be so strict with them, their practice and whatever. But even if you can do five minutes a day, or even if you have to skip a week every now and then, then do that. But, but gratitude can't, be bad for you. That's, that's right. And, and look, when you do things little by little, <laughs> you know, we talk about with our coaching all the time when we work with our clients, it's, it's those baby steps, right? You mentioned if you could just do a, a five minutes today, you know, right now, maybe you're doing nothing and you're just doing every other week. Well, that's way better than what you were doing before because you were doing nothing, you know, exactly. and that little extra is just going to only compound throughout the, throughout the future because now you're enjoying the results and the goodness mm. you're getting out of it. That Next, you know, you're doing it daily now. You're doing yeah. it consistently. But I think a lot of, you know, we mentioned all the time, a lot of people have this notion like, oh, I got to go in all in or nothing. Got to go ham. All in or nothing. You know, if not, it doesn't work. And exactly. it's, it's not, not not true. And look, I'm not saying no. that, hey, there's people who go all in and, hey, it works for them. But you know what? Majority, most of the times, you end up crum- crumbling down. So start right. with what you can control 
And if it's only five to 10 minutes, then do five to 10 minutes, you know? And if it's no. only once a week for the beginning, then do it once a week. And then it'll add up through, through the time. Absolutely. And I think one thing that's huge with, with gratitude, it's bringing the awareness as to how much we take for granted mm -hmm. and how negatively we speak on a daily basis. You know, we don't realize those negative thoughts that come in. And now I'm so hyper aware just because I've done it for so long that whenever I'm in a negative space and mind you, it happens all the time, you know, even after eight years, because I think our brain is naturally programmed to look at what we don't have. Well, it wants to protect you, right? Yep. Like your, your brain yeah. is there to protect your body. And if it thinks that there's a, a you know, a, a, an adversary, a right. Yeah. Whether it be physical, emotional, environmental, right. You're going to, you're going to try to protect yourself about that so that you can wake up tomorrow. Right. Exactly. And, and just, so it's, it's really about self-awareness and, and also being awareness of, of the bigger picture, because there's so many things to be thankful for. And we're so, we're so stuck in like, just okay, what's going wrong? What do I need to fix all the time? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, I mean, living in Miami, right. We, we live in, and especially for me being on South beach, like such a bubble, right? Like I, yeah. I hear some of my clients and you know, their complaints are valid. Everyone can complain about what they want, but I sit sit them down sometimes. And I'm like, you're really stressing out about this right now. Like, <laughs> you know, you just, yeah. you just made $7 million last <laughs> month. Like you don't, you know, like you're probably like as much as you think, like having you know, to wait in line at the post office is a big deal. Like, you know, you're going to be fine. You know, it might yes. take you five minutes, like chill out, you know, maybe listen to a podcast or an audio book and, and get on with your day. Like, Well, also right. too, you know, we live in such a fast era now mm. that everybody wants things instantly, you know? And it's Absolutely. just like, you look at your phone, you can literally get the internet instantly. You don't have to do dial up anymore and wait literally 15, 20 minutes for the dial internet, up internet. Jesus Christ. It's just simply like you want to order, you know, something you can have Amazon prime ship it to you in two days. There's even those one day deliveries. I get mad know? if I have to wait two days. I'm like, yeah, come right? on. <laughs> like, I'm not going to have this in four yeah. hours. Like, so our yeah. patient level, just they've shifted completely mm -hmm. no patience is a lost virtue i i always think about that just because i'm i'm pretty impatient myself but just that that's why meditation and practices that that force you into just sitting still with yourself it, it really helps and you realize that you know there is no timeline even, you know, for, you know, I was single for, for a really long time and, and I just got engaged recently. Congrats. And, and thank you. And I, and I'm 34 and I, I thought I was going to get married with babies at 25. You know <laughs> what I mean? And, and it was the moment I realized, well, if it doesn't happen for me and, and it doesn't matter and, and it, and it will eventually, I'll, you know, everyone finds some form of love at some point. And, and it's once you kind of lose that sense of, it has to be now <laughs> that that things start flowing your way in, in my That's experience right. at least. Yeah. yeah. Well, cause you're not, you're not f focused on the end result, right. And you can really dial into the things that are going to get you to that end result. And you get you to know? enjoy right. the process. It, yes. Everything in life is really about channeling focus, right. And understanding, as you mentioned earlier, right. The triggers that come along with the process that you're going down because they're unavoidable no matter what you're doing, there are things that are going to make you upset. There are things that are going to make you frustrated, things that make you happy. So understanding, you know, how all of that affects you really either sets you up for success or failure, right? Because you're either going to double yes. down on all the bad stuff that's going on in your day, or you're going to double down on all the good stuff that's going on like you're doing, 
right? And that, as Anthony mentioned, compounds over time. Absolutely. And I think from, from, you know, tragic events or from mistakes, there's always so much to learn. And there's always, you know, from those mistakes, from those challenging times, if you can count all the things that you've learned through them, and if you can really focus on just also the great things that have happened through it, like maybe you got closer with a family member, maybe you got, you know, there's so much goodness that can happen in in a challenging time that we forget or that we don't focus on because we're so stuck in, in, in what's, what we feel is just, you know, the end of the world. That's exactly right. And, and I wanted to ask you, you know, obviously seeing through your transformation and it, it's truly amazing to hear the, your experiences. What would you say, or how would you say that after you made that shift of, you know, gratitude and, and meditation and, you know, just, being more aware and creating this realm around yourself of more positivity. How has this positively affected you with your business and your career? What are the biggest things that stick out to you in that? It's been huge. I feel it's almost on an energetic level. I started gaining confidence in myself and I suffer from still now from pretty low self-esteem and low self-worth. I mean, even before any job, I get really anxious. I don't sleep. I start thinking like, I don't belong here. What am I doing? Um, but you know, it's, it's given me so much strength and bravery and I take a lot more risks than I've ever taken. And I put myself out there in a way where there's a lot less fear. And I think before that I was sort of holding everything so tightly. And as you said, I had, I, I wanted it so badly that I was strangling the dream versus letting it go and having a lot more detachment towards it, which allowed me to have a lot more freedom to just pursue my dreams in a way that felt just, I don't need this. If I don't get it, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm happy within myself. I'm happy with the things that I do have in my life. And so that attracted a lot more abundance in my life. And what's and I fun- think- What's yeah. funny, I was going to say real quick, is that you'll sometimes see that you might not get that right now. You might not get it all, but sometimes you end up seeing that you get it in another completely different way. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you have this idea of how you're going to achieve your goals, right? Uh, well, it's definitely going to happen through, you know, booking a job through an audition or whatever, but then something comes, you know, you get an offer from a, a buddy who's like, Hey, you'd be perfect for this part. And you're just like, where did you what? come from? <laughs> right. And, and yeah, exactly. But, and, and just trusting mm-hmm. in, you know, God, the universe, whatever you believe in having faith for me has been huge too. just, you know, there's not rules or for me, it's just whatever you believe in is great. As long as you have faith that there's an, a higher power, mm-hmm. you know, that, that it's, it's not really about you. It's not really how you're going to, you know, do everything correctly in order to, to receive something. I do believe in planting the seeds and like, you know, working extremely hard for what you want, especially if you have big dreams, but at the same time, just having faith that, whatever's coming your way is meant to come your way. And, and there's no real competition here. It's just, you know, I've lost so many jobs to 
other people. And I, I've dealt with so much rejection. I mean, being an actor is basically you get rejected a hundred times a year, you know? Mm. <laughs> so you have to learn to accept the fact that, oh, well, this wasn't meant for me and something better will come along. You know, it's, it's easier said than done, but you know, that that's the thing. And, and once you accept rejection, then you can, again, take a lot more risk. You could just you know. Yeah. Well, I think, and I think that there is a, a big correlation between your ability to, you know, understand the importance of rejection, right. And the learning experiences you can get from that and your ability to take bigger risks in your career or in your personal life, whatever it may be. Right. Because too often people, you know, I, I mean, I see it with my clients all the time. They're like, well, you know, I don't know what that person is going to think if I do this or that. I'm like, why, the, why do you give a fuck? You know what I mean? Like if you want to do it, I've always said like, I don't think there's anybody at figuring out the problems in my life better than me, you know? So no matter, no matter what comes my way, I know I'm more than capable of coming to a a solution and figuring out the problem. You know, it might take me a year, but I'll get to it. Eventually I might mess up 35 times in that year before I get to the result I want, but you know, I'm heading at least closer to the goal or finding out what's not really working uh, depending on what I want. You, you mentioned a really cool point. I think my whole life I've cared so much about what other people think. And it was once I started listening to my own advice, because I, I think a lot of people come to me for advice and I love it. I, I love being everyone's therapist and, and I enjoy being kind of on the side life coach. Um, <laughs> but it was once I started having the right life coach actually that I started being able to really answer my own questions and, and being able to really tune in. It's like, what, what is right for me though? Not according to societal beliefs and, and all of that, but what it, what feels good to me, it doesn't have to be right. It, it, it's just, you know, what is in alignment and, and forget about everyone else. And I've always kind of oh, the grass is greener everywhere else. And and everyone has it so much better than me, you know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, you see everyone just so happy. And then you look at your life or same with Instagram, right? Everyone is having the best time. Everyone's life is awesome. And, and then I look at my Instagram, I'm like, oh, people probably think that about me because I'm showing the highlight reel of Maya's life, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that too, just being able to really stay in your lane, staying focused on your life. And it doesn't have to be, you know, what everyone thinks it should be. So spot on, so spot on. Um, And I think we definitely need more of that. You know, we definitely need more of that. And I think a lot of people, you know, and and obviously, you know, we've been victims of it, I'm sure many times, but a lot of people just compare way too much. Um, And we'll sit there and scroll through that social media feed and just sit there and compare their life with, you know, somebody else's life and just really, get hard on themselves because because of that. And it's just people don't realize exactly that. You know, yeah, you might be seeing a certain thing, but behind closed doors, you don't even know what they're really going through. You don't even know their their situations. Uh, you don't know their life experiences, you know. And I think also, too, that's what makes people unique. Everybody has their different life experiences and situations, so we can all come together collectively and talk about it, learn from each other, apply things. So it's like I've said many, many times before, you know, Stop comparing your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 20 something, you know, exactly. Don't, don't do that guys. You know, understand that 
your starting point is your starting point. That person had their starting point at some point in their life, and they had to go through certain things to get to where they're at. And you can do the same thing too. You got to just be able to trust and have faith in yourself and then take action. hundred percent. And I think never, ever forget that that person that, I, and I, I can put it on me. Uh, you know, I, I've posted things online about, you know, winning a festival or this movie's coming out, that movie's coming out. But meanwhile, you know, at the same time, I'm, I'm maybe sobbing about something else, you know, and so anxious about, about something that's going on in my life, but yet I'm posting something where I'm like, you know, smiling and celebrating. And, and so it's just always remembering that social media and what we project out onto the world, I'm not even going to put it on social media, but we, we can walk out the door and put on a mask and oh, yeah. seem mm-hmm. great, but internally we're, we're not right. And, you know, so, so that's a good thing to remind ourselves because I know I, I look at these girls that seem or guys that seem to have it all and, and, you know, but you can never really truly know what's going on internally in someone's mind. So for someone's body, for individuals that are dealing with these kind of things, what would you recommend or what would you give us some of the go-to tips that they can start doing today to start betting themselves in some of these avenues that we just talked about? Well, once again, I'm a huge advocate in number one, sitting with yourself and, and also just, you know, if you want to start a gratitude practice, it doesn't exactly, it doesn't have to be an everyday thing, but just even if you wake up in the morning and just being grateful to be alive, because it starts there, right? We're all just blessed to, to have another day on this beautiful planet earth. And it sounds so just simple, but, but it is that simple, you know? we're waking up, we're alive. Okay. Do we have someone that loves us? Do we, do we love something or someone? And, and it starts there. And I think just for me, it's all about being of service. If I can be of service and make someone smile once a day, then my life is so much better for it. It's when we focus so much also on ourselves that we get stuck and just, you know, this tiny little bubble of what can I do to, to be my best self and better myself. But there are so many people that are struggling. So can you go outside of yourself and just find that one person that you can help? And it'll make you, it's, it's, you know, essentially it's a selfish deed because you will feel better at the end of the day. And you guys both help people on a daily basis. So, you know, I'm sure it makes you feel good in some way. And that's why probably you're living a balanced life. Yeah. Kind of on that point, I I looked at your Instagram before we hopped on here and I saw that, you know, you were doing some work in Skid Row and I kind of want to take a little left turn and dive into some of that because, you know, I want to, I want to hear more about what exactly you are, if you're currently doing it or were doing it, like what exactly were you up to and, and, you know, how, how has, how have the people in that area like really been affected? So it's been kind of like a tumultuous, tumultuous area, right? For so long uh, as a part of our life, so. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've ever since I can remember done a lot of volunteer work, um, just thanks to my family. That's always been very active in that way. And I came to California and sort of, you know, just went to Skid Row and saw just how devastating it was just to see these people that really have nothing. And, you know, you can so easily lose hope in the system because truly it's, it's just something that is growing and growing. There are more and more homeless people out there. 
And uh, I found this incredible place called the Midnight Mission, which is actually a rehab center. So it's people that want to get better. And I think that's key because, you know, as you know, you can't get better unless it comes from within and it comes from you. And, and so, you know, these people want to get help. And so I started with doing art with a mission, started, you know, being creative with them. And, and then it grew into just in in a bigger way of, I started teaching yoga there and I started, it started becoming my second home. And I started knowing these people by name and, and, um, just really considering them family. And and I, I know for a fact that just any one of us can end up having nothing. We always think it's, well, this would never happen to me because, you know, I, I work so hard and everything, but truth is, you know, anyone can, can fall from high and, and I've seen it in, in many cases and it's just, it's not above, it's not above us and, or beneath us rather. And so, yeah, just, it's helped me so much in my own personal life, just knowing just number one, how good I have it, but also that, you know, I've seen so many success stories of people going from absolutely nothing to then finding a job and reconnecting with their family or whatever it might be. But I I think, you know, there is so much to be done and it starts small. Once again, Mm -hmm. I think there's no, there's no big giant solution. Otherwise we would have already done it. So whatever small deed you can do in order to help your neighbor, that's all it takes. What are, what are some of the biggest problems that you see facing the homeless community? Because as you mentioned, right, it is kind of exploding over the past yeah. decade, really, right? California, New York, there's a ton down here, you yeah. know, there's more. And I know down here it's because there's a lot of like really shitty drug rehabilitation centers, right? That just kind of mass yeah. themselves to get government checks and then, you know, do, do nothing to really help someone. Uh, so I know that that's a big problem here in Miami, but you know, in California, in, in, at Skid Row and the other areas that you're working at, what do you really see are like some of the biggest issues that lead people into homelessness and then keep them in homelessness? You know, it's so funny. I, I said, I just came back from a shoot in Vegas. I played a DEA agent mm. and I, Badass. Just now, really, <laughs> yeah. I just right now saw the connection in just how young people start into addiction, whether it's it's a vicious circle. You know, mm-hmm. your family is in a situation where they're either selling drugs or doing drugs. And, you know, for me, it, it always just stems from education. If you have it out there from a young age and are able to have the luxury of, of going to school or putting your kids into school, like that's where it all starts. And, but it's, it's just the access to drugs is so easy. It's so incredibly easy. And you would think it would be tough if you have no money and whatnot, but, but is it like pills, thing. math, like, yeah, right now fentanyl is, is the yeah, new huge. big thing. Yeah, so. Someone in my high school just passed away like maybe a month or two ago from, from like laced uh, cocaine laced with yeah. fentanyl. It's terrible. It's, it's, it's awful. And, you know, I think the work of the DA is, is huge and people, you know, oftentimes part of my French, but they shit on, on, on their work because they just think, well, they're not doing anything because there's no real big change. But the thing is, again, once again, it's not just a, a one fix thing, you know, and yeah, you can't just arrest a couple of people and then yeah. there you go. No, it, it's, it's going to keep going until 
you know, it's, it's almost, you know, people are just trying to manage even so that there isn't as much violence in the drug world. And so that it is something that is more contained because, you know, is it something that will ever disappear? People will always do Coke. People, sure. even if it's not Coke. It, no, we're it in Miami. Miami else. was built on cocaine. You know, exactly. we wouldn't have all the infrastructure we had Probably. if it weren't for cocaine. No, you for know. sure. I mean, there's so, you know, billions of dollars involved in drug trafficking. So yeah. it's just, you know, how do you manage around it? And, and it, it affects people that are on skid row. It affects families that are going to be separated. Like we don't see kind of the, the, the line through it, you know, all those people that traffic drugs, they're just like you and I, I mean, you know, they're not, but they're, they're just human beings trying to make a living. But the thing is there's greed and there's, you know, and a lot of it stems from, you know, not having any income sources, right? Like exactly. a, a lot of drug use comes from people being in a, a poor economic situation yep. where they can't feed for their family. So they have to kind Absolutely. of numb the pain, you know, with, with drugs and alcohol. Absolutely. And, and honestly, they don't see the through line of where it's going. They, I don't believe that people, and I've met so many, you know, drug traffickers on, on Skid Row and, or rehabilitated. <laughs> How are those experiences? Yeah I, about, yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. it's incredible just how human everyone is. I, I often tell the story of, you know, when I was doing art with a mission, we were doing cards for Mother's Day. And there was this one guy, you know, with a teardrop, ex-gang member, um, maybe even still affiliated with the gang. I don't know. But and he was writing this this beautiful Mother's Day card and writing a little poem with a heart. And it was just so sweet and tender. And it's just we have this image in our heads, probably because of, you know, Hollywood and the way they portray people in movies. But these people are that's what I mean. They're just like you and I, you know, they, they have a mom, they have a dad, they, some of them don't, but, but it's, it's just, it's not all just black or white, you know, so, people on Skid Row. Yeah. That there's some wonderful people. Yeah. It's easy there. to put people in boxes, right? Exactly. So based on your experience and, and being there constantly and seeing and, and being a part of, of trying to help this and create a better situation in your honest opinion, do you see things getting worse or do you think, or do you see things currently getting better? And, you know, I, it's, it's interesting because I'm, I'm thinking of just how positive I am and how much faith I've got, but sometimes I do think things need to get really, really bad and worse in order to make a big change. And I, I realistically, my answer is I, I I'm seeing it get worse mm-hmm. just as an observant, it is getting worse but I do have hope and faith that at some point there will be a shift in consciousness, but it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with everyone wanting to make a difference and doing those little, whatever we can do, you know, it's not, okay, now I'm going to put my cape on and save the world. It's just, what can you do in order to help your community? And can you have a conversation with these people? Can you be open-minded enough to, when you see a homeless person, look at them in the eyes and acknowledge them versus, you know, ignoring them and, and, and just pretending that it's not there, you know? Yeah. It it really blows my mind how we can have such a problem here in America and it rarely gets discussed nationally, like on a big scale, right? Like maybe in California or down here, they might say, oh, there's a, there's an issue with, with homelessness, but 
there's there's never really and like no politicians are running on like okay we're actually going to solve homelessness like you don't hear that from them right okay we're going to no. take the but the, okay, we're going to bail out these corporations because they need that. You know, it's like you can just drum up a trillion five, yeah. you know, to take care of the the big banks or the the auto industry. But people are literally living on the fucking street in L.A. And you don't yeah, want to do I mean, in like massive, basically towns of of tents underneath. Right. You know, it's like and you don't want to do anything about it. Nothing at all. like. The bubonic yeah. plague is coming back yep, in yep. some of these areas, like like uh, cholera and stuff. And you don't want to about that. You don't want to do anything. You don't even want to. Me- you just want to sweep it under the rug. And then also too, well, it, you know, you're, you're yeah. seeing a lot of these. Uh, you're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, some of these uh, places giving them free needles. You know, free needles to keep shooting up drugs and all that stuff. You know, that way they they're saying so they prevent from people sharing the needles. But it's like honestly, how does that help too? You know, how do you how how does that help the problem? No, we need about, you know, thousands of more rehab centers. And, and again, I really think it starts with our education system and it starts with every kid deserves an education and, you know, because the problem will keep resurfacing. It'll keep going until we make a shift in that. And until every child gets the education they deserve. Yeah. I mean, I, I've even seen it, you know, like I have a, I have a ton of student loan debt for my undergrad and my graduate degree. Right. And luckily I'm in a place where I can pay it off, you know, and I, I do have, because I own my own business and I am doing well, like a a little bit of job security. Right. Mm -hmm. But I can only imagine those people that take out, you know, 50, a hundred thousand dollars to, you know, be an art major. And then they never even work in the art, you know, it's, it's absurd to me. And then they're, they're still saddled with a hundred thousand dollars in debt. And it's the only thing that you can't file for bankruptcy because it's backed mm-hmm. by the U S government. Right. Well, I think that's why no. you're seeing more, yeah. you're seeing more and more, uh, uh, you know, young individuals they are not even going, they're deciding not to go to school anymore. I mean, I told my sister not to, yeah. she they're, went to, she goes to the same college I, I went to. And people are yeah. realizing yeah. too, like, Hey, look, I can go take certain courses. I can go learn a specialized, um, you know, specialized in getting specialized information to learn a certain niche. And I can make way more than I would have done with my career and not get myself in debt, you know? So you're seeing shifts happening, you know, with, with, with a lot of the, the schooling system and, mm-hmm. and even, you know, parents even not even wanting to put their kids in school anymore because, you know, it is, it is a sacrifice, you know? And then, yeah, you know, you graduate, sometimes you don't even get a job, you know, yeah. right. well, it's I, just like, I really don't even work your job. Yeah. You know? I, I really think that we're starting to realize this whole, everyone needs to go to college thing. Didn't really work out the way that we thought it. Cause we're, we're that generation, right? Yeah. We're the generation right. of, you know, you got to go get your four year degree and you, you know, you electricians are just dumb people. It's like, no, my uncle's an electrician. One of the smartest guys I've ever, you know what I mean? Like exactly. I can't wire my own house. If something goes <laughs> wrong, like, you know, he can. Exactly. And I think America also, I, I'm from Switzerland, Geneva, but there's so much, well, what do you do? Like, mm. where have you been to college? Like what, what, and, and, and in Switzerland where I come from, it's like, so uh, what do you do? And people look at you like, uh, I'm a plumber. Like it's yeah. not, it's not about what you do. It's what kind of person are you, mm. you know? Yeah. What well, it's easy to put the label on someone, right? Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, oh, well, because you're this successful, that must mean that you are that much happier or, and it's, it's like, well, no, you know, what everyone has a different set goal in, in their lives. And, 
you know, that, that plumber or teacher, whatever it is, is maybe way happier than that billionaire. That's just worried about his two millions that he just lost in whatever. Right. You which, know? which both are fine. You know, like we, we Absolutely. had this conversation even yeah. between the two of us yeah. the other day. Cause you know, he, you know, he's an extremely high achiever and, you know, very goal oriented and same. I'm, you know, I am to a certain degree, but I'm also one of those people that can kind of just like go with the flow. And like, I don't, you know, if I reach 80% of my already lofty hundred percent goal, like, okay, then I, you know, I'm, I feel pretty good about it. I don't, I don't need, you know, $15 million to feel happy. I just want to like be in a quiet area with like a community that understands what my values are and, and, you know, be able to do the things that I want to do without the yeah. stress of like being in debt and, you know, having to worry about where my money's going to come from. Like, as long as I can do that, I'm good. But I totally get where he's coming from too, right? Like I don't have no, any, I don't I'm, have any I'm kids, like you know, you, he's yeah. got, he's got a, a little girl, you know, so I understand his, his perspective is a lot different than mine on, on what he has to accomplish, you know, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, you know, but too often, no. you know, if we were having this conversation and, and we weren't who we were, I would be thinking in my head, well, fuck now I got to, you know, be like this, you know, you ultra don't. entrepreneur. And it's like, I don't have to do Just that. be happy. That's what I tell people. Exactly. Just be happy. Find happiness. And if you catch yourself, look, if you're an individual who's working a certain job and you're not happy because, hey, I'm not, you're not making the money you want to make or you're just, you know, tired of the, of the, some of the crap you're going, then switch. You have the opportunity to switch. You're not tied down to that job. You're complaining about certain things. Go do something about it. Yeah. You know, and then at make the same time, change. Yeah. and if you see that, oh my God, yeah, I'm making all this money, but you're miserable, you know then change it. Maybe you take a little bit less and you change your lifestyle. You know, you see where you would feel comfortable having a certain, certain things in your life. And you're like, okay, well, I know I need to make this much. I don't need to make this much. This is what makes me happy. Then change that, you know? So whichever mm -hmm. spectrum, whatever spectrum you're on, it's just find what makes you happy. A hundred percent to some people having big dreams would just be too overwhelming. And for me, it's, it's just, no, I, I want to, keep those big goals and big dreams mm -hmm. for the rest of my life. Like that's never going to change, but in order to be happy, it's, it's just really looking internally as to what is right to you, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and not anyone else. Yeah. No, it's, it's funny. I catch myself in conversation with my, my friends and I'm like, Oh, you know, like he's an electrician or, you know, Oh, he is like the, uh, the maitre d' at, at the restaurant I like to go to. And they're like, Oh, Okay. And I just look at him. I'm like, "What is that? Is that is that okay with you? You know, or is it okay yeah. that you know, like one of my best friends is in like this fucking you know banker at J.P. Morgan? Like, you know, it's fine. It's fine if he wants to be like a club promoter. Like, I don't, you know, I don't care. It's his life. If he's yeah. happy doing that, then you know, by all Absolutely. by all means. That is also one of my greatest advice to anyone listening." find friends from all walks of life. Oh yeah. You know, I, I love that I have, you know, a ton of friends in YPO, which is young presidents organization that own big giant companies and that are doing extremely well. And then I love my best friend from home in Switzerland since we're five years old, she's uh, you know, kindergarten teacher. And um, you know, she's just, it's just finding those people from all walks of life that you're able to converse with and, and understand and, and just listen. And, and you just learn so much yep. from just what makes other people happy and, and you know, that it doesn't have to be all the same. Yeah. Amen to that. And that's why I always say that the word success means so many different things to, to, to different people, you know, yes. it, it's success 
for you can mean something. Success for me can mean something. Success for Josh can mean something. You know, and it's just, you know, what's going to make you happy in that success? And, and if you can make that happen, you know, then you're good. You're going to be happy, you know, and there might be somebody mm-hmm. else who's has all these things that people might say, oh, well, look, he's successful. And, you know, that maybe deep down inside, they don't feel successful because they never really achieve what they really wanted to do. Exactly. And that's the thing, you know, being an actor, people would look at me like, good luck to her, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just, you know, I, I, they were like, oh, she'll be back, you know, and, and I came to America sort of thinking like, oh, you know, I was, I went with a golf scholarship because I played golf. And oh yeah. Yeah. That's a little (laughs) hidden gem in there. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah. So I, I did that. And then, you know, I, I, always been in love with theater, always was in love with the craft, but I didn't, I had no idea how I was going to make it, but I just, it also helped me that people thought like, Oh, good luck to her. You know? Okay. Okay. You said I can't do something. Like, All right. You. Yeah. little yeah. golfer girl. Okay. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. You're like, I'm about to swing something else your yeah. way. Watch. Yeah. And that's the thing. You can always surprise people. Don't let anyone put you in a box either, you know, we can put ourselves in a box, but it's also so easy for people in your surroundings to just think like, well, you know, you should just stay Mm -hmm. in your little lane and corner. And, and, and it's just like, no, break free. You can do anything at all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's always interesting. And I've mentioned this on the podcast before Anthony and I joke around about it all the time. Like anytime I see someone out at a restaurant, they're like, Oh, you're not in gym clothes. I'm like, no, I'm a fucking person. Like I don't just wear shorts to like a, re- a restaurant. I'm going to go spend $500 at like, no, I'm not going to be like in a fucking sweat band, you know, going to the club. Like or, or the other one, uh, Josh, you eat dessert. Oh yeah. Um, oh, you eat dessert. That's a big, that's no. that. Oh, you, you're going to order dessert. Like, uh, fucking right i am like uh, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, gonna order two molten, now that you said it i'm gonna, order. Lava cake with yeah, ice I'm gonna get the dessert sampler all right for myself <laughs> it's, yes that is it's so true it's crazy it's so true. you know how how much people want to put us in these boxes yeah, right the stereotype you know or even no, like oh you have these certain belief systems and you know so that means that you know nothing about the other side it's like well actually the people who i train are much different in their viewpoints than i i come from a very you know rural town in upstate New York, like farmland everywhere, you know, people are, are very, you know, homebody. And when Mm -hmm. I came down here, it's all my clients are like extremely transient, you know, and like, no, everyone in there, I'm like, okay, I'm good with like four people in my life. I don't need, I I need to have a million best friends, but it goes back to your point of like understanding people from all walks of life, because I really do feel like one of the best things that's happened about me joining the, the health and fitness industry has been that I I've been able to be exposed to so many different people with so many different yeah. stories of success and failure, you know, and, and I do take those stories to heart and try to learn from them as I, as I'm listening to, to my clients speak. And I think it, that's so beautiful. And I think it all comes down to empathy. And for me, you know, our job as actors is empathy. You're put literally putting yourself in other people's shoes. And that's why I, I love that. I've, I've, I've played a lot of villains and <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've, I, I always hear the, the best villains in movies and shows are actually the nicest people you ever meet. Oh, well, that's <laughs> sweet. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm, but, but, but yeah, the, the, 
you know, I, I was never typecast as one specific thing. And I, and I love that about my career. I look at, you know, the 40 odd projects that I've done and, and TV shows. And I have such a variety of, of people that I've gotten to step into. And I think, you know, I, I really promote just even improv to people because there's such benefit to being free in, in knowing that you don't have to just be this one person. You can, you can, you know, dive into other people's walks of lives and, and really just start understanding that there's such a bigger world out there, you know, than your own. Yeah. Life is extremely nuanced, right? Like even mm-hmm. the viewpoints that you may have when you were 25 are going to probably be very different than you were when you're 35 or 55 or 75. Right. And same thing with your yes. friends and same thing with your family. And, you know, again, it go, it all goes down to being like accepting and, and being malleable. Yeah. And as long yes. as look, as long as you keep, you grow as an individual, you know, you stick to your morals, the morals you set for yourself, you know, you make decisions based off those morals, not off emotion and you lead your life, you know, with, with your own control. I think that's when you start seeing, you know, uh, that direction for yourself, that positive direction that you want to head to and, and you can start creating success for yourself. Absolutely. And, and not to get political, but I was even just thinking just how many people have cut off friends and and even family members for different beliefs Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i think that the healing really from just and the the growth and it just comes from listening to others and and there's such a lack of that it's like unfollow me if you don't believe the same (laughs) thing that i believe in and it doesn't matter what side you're on i'm both extremes absolutely absolutely it's just to me there's there's a lack of understanding and a lack of listening we all just want everyone to have our own point of view our own opinion because it's the right way and the only way and the thing is there's a divide in this country for that specific reason because no everyone refuses to just be able to listen right and and you know again it comes down to just having a little more empathy and a little bit more just understanding that, you know, nothing will change until we all start listening more and stop thinking that everyone has to have the same point of view. Yeah. No, I mean, we have two ears and, uh, and one mouth for a reason, right? That's right. I, I, uh, we're almost at an hour by the way. So, you know, ah, before, yeah, yeah, I know time flies. <laughs> I want to thank you one more time, Maya, for, you know, being our guest on the show and, you know, sharing your insight and sharing your story with everyone. It's been truly amazing yeah. to get to know you. Uh, a lot better. Thank you. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, best way to reach you? First of all, thank you so much for, for having me on board. I, I'm not even sure where you guys found me, but I'm, I'm so thankful. You guys are awesome. And I love what you're doing. And um, people can find me at Maya, M-A-Y-A dot Stoyan on Instagram. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's <laughs> where I'm most active and, and, um, yeah, thank you. Truly awesome. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run you through some uh, quick questions, like we always do our finishers. Oh, there we go. Okay. So first one, um, what has been your favorite project that you have worked on in the uh, movie and show industry? Wow, tough question. Uh, you know, I would say being a part of the Marvel world has been extraordinary, just because you know I I grew up kind of 
with comic books and just, just knowing that for the rest of my life, I'll be a Marvel character. Just, uh, it, it feels again, just like I'm stronger than I think I'm bigger than I think I, I, I can do this. <laughs> Absolutely love that. Oh, Marvel being one of my, my, my Oh, favorite. he's such oh, a fanboy. Love it. Oh, <laughs> he's such a fanboy. <laughs> love it. Second question. What is the newest project you have going on? If you can share. So, as I said, I just um, finished shooting a project called American Sicario, which is all about the drug world. And it's it's actually the the one and only American Sicario. And for those that oh, don't wow. know, Sicario means hitman. Um, and Epic. he and it's based on a true story. Um, you can Google La Barbie. Um, he's this guy that was born in Laredo, Texas, and um, started dealing and trafficking drugs um, from Mexico over the border and became this huge drug lord. And now he's in jail for the rest of his life. Uh, he's been sentenced, I think, for 49 years, but he's wow. already 40 or something. So, so yeah, it's an incredible story. And it, it really sheds a light on, on what's going on in the drug world. And, and, um, and it's really cool. And I, you know, I've had a, a a bunch of projects come out, as I said, this year, a Netflix project, a Showtime project. Uh, All over the place. Where is this new one going to air at? This uh, American Sicario already has distribution. So we're fingers crossed for Netflix. It's most likely Netflix, okay. but it could be a bunch Amazing. of different Awesome. Avenues. You have to let yeah. us know. We'll definitely tune in. Yes, we'll be, we'll be your, new, your newest fans. Yep. Oh, and you can well, test us. Right we'll make sure to you. watch it. <laughs> right back at you. So, I'll, I'll be watching, uh, listening your podcast really appreciate that so (laughs) last two questions um what's been the what was the craziest and wildest experience you ever had on set craziest and wildest experience i've had on set you know (laughs) i don't even know i i i've had so many incredible experiences, but there's one experience that comes to mind. So I'll just talk about that. It's actually, it happened in college and maybe this will, this will help people. But I, I was in sophomore year and I was playing Helen of Troy and it was in front of a small audience. It was probably a hundred people, but it felt like a lot more. And in the middle of my speech, I completely forgot my line and it felt like the end of the world. And talking about mistakes that turn into blessings Ever since that moment, I am so huge in just working my lines to the point where they become second nature. And it was the greatest gift, that moment that felt so embarrassing. And I, even when I think about it now, I just cringe and I'm like, how embarrassing was that moment just of like blacking out and no wonder I never got a lead role in college. After that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, you know, the most tragic thing. And I had so much shame around it, but it ended up being the greatest blessing. So I, I know that's not really a wild or crazy story, but it, to me, it felt wild and crazy and, and awful. <laughs> but it well, turned off out the to bat, be- I'll tell you that you sharing that is going to let people know why failure is such a tremendous way of getting feedback and yeah. how to accept your failures um, and seeing the beauty that can come out of your failures. So I appreciate you sharing that. <laughs> um, good, good. Last and final question. What's the biggest piece of advice you can leave off to all our listeners today? Mm. Patience pays. Let the hand of God work for you. <sighs> I think that for me is, is, sort of a mantra that I've been using for a while. And, you know, we talked about patience, but 
I think we want everything now. And if 2020 has taught me or reinforced anything, it's just that patience is key. Yes, plant the seeds, do what you can, but things will always eventually happen in your life. And so if you just go with that and just know that you can let God or the universe, whatever you believe in, just place the right things in front of you, the right opportunities, then you're golden. Guys, you heard it. Patient pays and let the hands of God work it for you. Such a beautiful way to end this. And we really appreciate <laughs> having you on here. Yes, thank, thank you, Maya. Thank you so much. Thank you both. I really appreciate you guys. And um, best of, of luck in, in your podcast and your future. I'm really excited thank for you, you guys. Thank so you much. so much. Until next time, guys. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to Sweat It Out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. Enjoyed this episode? Make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review.